House lawmakers saying the U.S. must win a new Cold War with China. To do it, they are forming a select committee on China. Record military spending in Washington. One of the urgent issues, support for Taiwan. Congress overwhelmingly passing the bill. Canada's police force suspending a contract with a company partly owned by the Chinese communist regime. It's facing several espionage charges in the U.S. The European Union taking legal action against China at the World Trade Organization over intellectual property theft in Lithuania. And is a global economic downturn imminent, triggered by a collapse of China's economy? An expert digs in. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Are China and the U.S. locked in a Cold War? Some lawmakers on Capitol Hill are saying yes. To win it, they are establishing a special congressional committee. We're in the early stages of a new Cold War. Gallagher will chair the incoming House China Select Committee, which was announced Thursday by House Speaker-elect Kevin McCarthy. Calling the Chinese Communist Party the greatest geopolitical threat of a lifetime, McCarthy says the U.S. must win the war and the new task force will help with a focus on cyber, trade and military threats from the CCP. It's not obvious that we are going to win. We need to inject a sense of urgency into our effort. How will this committee function differently? Lawmakers say by following a bipartisan consensus that the era of trusting communist China is over. The creation of the Select Committee on China will build on the work first laid out by the China Task Force. Here are some of the tasks entrusted to the Select Committee. First is handling supply chain issues. The aim is to restore supply chains in America and its like-minded allies to end U.S. dependence on China. It will also work to prevent trillions of American dollars from funding China's military and what the U.S. has labeled genocide. Beyond that, making an urgent case for aiding Taiwan is also on the to-do list. On top of relationship bonding with U.S. allies in the Indo-Pacific. Other measures include tackling Beijing's unfair trade practices, stealing American intellectual property and its spy services operating in America. The Select Committee will also work to expose how the CCP lobbying against American interests at local, state and federal levels. It says by doing these, it will take care to distinguish between the Chinese people and the regime that oppresses them. Previously in November, President Biden has said there is no need for a new Cold War with China. That remark followed a three-hour summit meeting with China's Communist Party head Xi Jinping in Indonesia. Record U.S. military spending may be on the way. The House overwhelmingly passed the National Defense Authorization Act on Thursday, known as the NDAA. It's an annual bill-setting policy for the Pentagon. If the Senate approves the bill, the defense budget next year will hit a record $858 billion. The bill includes pay increase for the troops, funding for purchases of weapons, ships and aircraft, and support for Ukraine and Taiwan. Among the $858 billion, $10 billion will help boost Taiwan's defense capabilities. Here's Senate Majority Leader Schumer on the act. And we need to do whatever it takes to make that happen. We need to make sure our whole government is postured to compete with China, both at DOD and across the government. We need to fund our efforts to assist the Ukrainians. We need to fund our new communities 
and our friends in Taiwan. The bill authorizes more funds to develop new weapons and purchase systems, including F-35 fighter jets and ships. And it also pushes back the Biden administration's efforts to suspend some nuclear weapons platforms. What's more, the bill bars U.S. government contractors from using Chinese-made semiconductors. A step closer towards pulling critical manufacturing out of China, a bipartisan goal. There's still no top-line number for the funding bill. If lawmakers can't reach a deal, they'll have to settle for another temporary funding bill. Time is running out with less than 10 days to get it done before a government shutdown would kick in. Japan and Australia meeting for security talks Friday in Tokyo. There, the nation's foreign and defense ministers discussed further deepening military ties between them. A top issue on the agenda, Beijing's influence and growing strength in the Indo-Pacific region. One of the most consequential features of our region today is the sheer scale of China's military power. It has engaged in the largest military buildup since World War II. And it is occurring without transparency or reassurance to the region of China's strategic intent. Australia's Defence Minister Richard Marles called it the most significant factor shaping the strategic landscape in which Australia and Japan exist. The meeting comes after Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida and his Australian counterpart Anthony Albanese signed a bilateral security deal in October. That agreement, plus another signed in January, form an architecture for cooperation. Marl said it would also include the U.S. He went on to explain the Australian government would take steps to ensure defense and security policy respond to the current environment in the coming months. To counter growing threats from China and North Korea, Japan has been expanding its defense partnerships. That's with countries in the Indo-Pacific, including Australia, with Southeast Asian countries and with Europe. In Canada, the federal government is suspending a contract with a company partly owned by the Chinese regime. Here's the story. Canada's public safety minister confirmed Thursday that the Federal Royal Canadian Mount Police, or RCMP, have suspended a contract with a company linked to the Chinese regime. Radio Canada reported on Wednesday that the federal government had awarded a contract worth about 400,000 U.S. dollars to Sinclair Technology in 2021. The company is responsible for making a radio frequency filtering system, which the RCMP was going to use to protect radio communications from eavesdropping. Sinclair Technology is a company based in Ontario, Canada. Its parent company is Norset International, which is based in British Columbia, Canada. Norset has been owned by Chinese telecom company Hytera Communications since 2017. And the Chinese regime owns around 9% of Hytera. Hytera equipment is banned in the U.S. on national security grounds. The company also faces several espionage charges in the U.S. After the report came out on Wednesday, the Canadian government ordered an investigation. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was asked about the contract during a press conference and said he finds it disconcerting. Radio Canada says in the report, 
that a contract with Sinclair was $60,000 less than the bid of its competitor. The government agency responsible for the contract reportedly told Radio Canada that they didn't consider security concerns or Sinclair's ownership during the bidding process. Reporting by Alison Lee and Xu Wenrong, NTD News. The European Union is challenging China. It has begun legal action in two cases against China at the World Trade Organization, or WTO. That's according to what the EU said earlier this week. One of them is related to China's import ban on Lithuanian goods. The other to Beijing's limiting of patent holders from protecting their innovations. Talks with China about these two issues did not bring any results in the past. Vice President of the European Commission referred to both cases with systemic importance. The European Union estimates that China cut trade from Lithuania and EU member country by 80 percent this year. The conflict began last year when Lithuania allowed Taiwan to open a de facto embassy in its capital and used the term Taiwan in the official name of the institution. This triggered anger from Beijing. Most other countries use the name of Taiwan's capital, Taipei, to avoid offending Beijing. The result? Beijing imposed a ban on certain exports from Lithuania, plus products that include Lithuanian components. That covers goods from other parts of Europe. Beijing considers Taiwan part of its own territory, though the communist regime has never ruled a democratic island. As for the patent dispute, Chinese courts have been practicing so-called anti-suit injunctions since 2020. The action bans foreign companies from filing a case in other countries to protect their intellectual property, such as in a court in the U.S. or Europe. If a company does it anyway, they'll face a fine of up to $136,000 per day. Under this order, at least three American and European companies failed to sue Chinese companies for intellectual property theft. Two Chinese companies that benefited from the order were telecom gear maker Huawei and the world's biggest smartphone manufacturer, Xiaomi. The European Union said Chinese manufacturers used the order to pressure patent rights holders to grant them cheaper access to European technology. Inside China, changes are taking effect. Mandatory virus tests for travelers have been dropped, and most infected COVID-19 patients are now allowed to isolate at home. Some have embraced the new freedoms, but for others, habits formed under months of stifling lockdowns are proving hard to break. Here's more. It was quiet in this renowned local night market in Wuhan on Thursday evening. A day before, China's government had announced the most sweeping changes to its resolute anti-COVID regime. But in the city where the pandemic erupted in late 2019, vendors said business had declined since Wednesday's loosening of rules, despite the market having been open for weeks, prompting concerns that anxieties about the coronavirus are likely to hamper a speedy return to health for the world's second largest economy. Locals like Miss Chen are afraid of growing infections. Now with everything opening up, all these people are out, so the infection rate is high. I have a lot of friends who already have a cold or feverish symptoms. There are a lot, and I'm one of them too. A video circulating on Friday showed dozens queuing outside a fever clinic. A bystander is overheard exclaiming, this is what happens when you open up. 
In Beijing, city streets were also quiet. Some businesses are reluctant to drop COVID curbs, and several empty seats were seen on the subway at rush hour. The only busy spots in town are pharmacies, where people are queuing to buy preventative medicine. China last month saw protests against COVID curbs in many cities that marked the biggest show of public discontent since President Xi Jinping came to power a decade ago. It was widely seen as a tipping point to an easing of tight COVID restrictions. Some of these protesters, tracked down by China's security apparatus, now face an anxious wait about their fate. In comments reported by the state-owned People's Daily, Zhong Nanshan, a prominent Chinese epidemiologist, said 99% of people now infected with the virus would recover in 7 to 10 days. But there are signs the reassuring message has still to convince many of the country's 1.4 billion people. Business leaders expect China's economy to rebound late next year. That's as the country slowly opens up and tries to live with the virus in controlled numbers. But for the next few months, a possible surge in infections would likely depress economic growth. With China slowly reopening from shutdowns under its zero COVID-19 policy, thousands of Chinese internet users are rushing to a late doctor's social media account to share the news. One user commented on Li Wenliang's latest post on Weibo, writing, The dust has settled. We are reopening. And residents in Wuhan recalled his brave efforts on Friday. We're going to thank him and remember him in our hearts. It's difficult for us to speak out for ourselves, to voice different opinions or ideas, and to be accepted or respected. I think Dr. Li Wenliang did a very good job in this matter. He was brave enough to speak out about the truth. Li Wenliang was among the first whistleblowers during the early days of the pandemic in Wuhan, China. He was punished by police for what they called spreading rumors after he tried to warn people about the new virus. He later died from COVID-19 himself. His death prompted public grief and anger. The authorities, based on some political considerations, preferred not to go public with the situation of the epidemic. When anger reached a peak in China, Li was honored as a hero by the Chinese Communist Party. But the public calming attempt has not stopped people from accusing the CCP, both of downplaying the situation and of covering up virus spread. As of today, millions of people have died due to COVID-19 worldwide. Chinese authorities are easing some public health restrictions this week following protests across the country, the demonstrations marking a rare show of dissent against authorities. But where is China really going? We spoke with Gregory Copley, president of the International Strategic Studies Association, to get his take. Demonstrators across China took to the streets in recent days, criticizing the country's zero-COVID-19 policy and even calling for Chinese leader Xi Jinping to step down. Gregory Copley, president of the International Strategic Studies Association, calls the protests significant. He says Xi Jinping will likely retaliate with heavier draconian repressions. I think we're at a, at a breaking point coming up very soon. I don't think he can afford to relax too much more and still expect to stay in power. If he looks weak now, then the PLA itself will uh, perhaps regard him 
uh, as not being credible enough to be their leader. What she has successfully done, however, is to ensure that there are not a lot of alternatives immediately visible out there. So it's either uh, back she uh, and repression or uh, the whole place becomes uh, chaotic and you know, ready to fall apart. PLA is short for People's Liberation Army, the formal name of China's military. Copley added that the Chinese economy is imploding, and even the Communist Party of China itself doesn't know how to deal with that. Copley believes it's hard to say what Chinese people would do facing a winter food shortage. Today, China is 67-plus percent urbanized, and a lot more people who are a lot better informed and feel that they have a lot more right to speak are now angry. Uh, now, does it mean that they want to see the government topple? Do they, are they prepared to go to the full extent of revolution? We don't know that yet. And uh, that will only become clear as the economy continues to collapse and the livelihoods of people are further and further impacted. Because what we're going to see coming through this winter is food shortages, uh, the inability of people to move around the country or to move internationally, to keep a job, uh, to put food on the table in, in, in short. It's going to be a very, very significant winter. He believes the world is going to see a major global downturn triggered by China's chaos. I think, uh, uh, we, you know, we, we're, now, we're now starting to see people around the world realizing that the collapse of the mainland Chinese economy is quite possible and quite imminent. And this is going to be something which will impact the livelihoods of people around the world. We're going to start to see a major global uh, downturn and disruption of economies uh, occurring as a result of the chaos which Xi Jinping has particularly brought to the People's Republic of China. Copley added that Xi Jinping not only ended all trust among Chinese people, but also within the Communist Party itself, because he was trying to destroy his adversaries within the party through anti-corruption campaigns. Coming up, a Chinese-owned digital shipping platform posing a threat to national security in the West. Experts say that threat is much bigger than people believe. So essentially, China could potentially use Log Inc. as a weapon of warfare. Absolutely, absolutely, and that is 100% why uh, that Log Inc. is specifically subordinate to the national intelligence law that China passed in 2017. To find out more, Don Ma with NTD Business spoke to Ross Kennedy, founder of Fortis Analysis. More on that after the break, here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. U.S. lawmakers are warning of a threat to national security. They say it's posed by a Chinese shipping platform called Log Inc. and that the digital logistics system could provide the Chinese Communist Party with sensitive U.S. government and military data. China's Ministry of Transport is offering this platform free of charge to Chinese and foreign freight carriers and ports. Over 20 ports across the globe are already using the platform. More than 20 U.S. lawmakers wrote a letter to President Biden. In it, they called the shipping platform a disaster for American interests. 
It warns that the Communist Party of China, or CPC, could exploit the platform to identify early trends in the movement of U.S. military supplies and equipment. Don Ma with NTD Business spoke to Ross Kennedy, founder of Fortis Analysis, for details. And now joining me to talk about Log Inc. is Ross Kennedy. He's the founder of Fortis Analysis. So now, Ross, Republican lawmakers are sounding alarm over this uh, Log Inc. platform. How serious is the threat? What's the threat level? Are they justified to sound the alarm? Yeah, the, the most famous threat that we've seen um, really emerge in the last eight to 10 months in terms of the Communist Party of China's efforts to, to subvert and undermine uh, Western institution and you know the, rule, the uh, rules-based order uh, has been land purchases, asset purchases, corporate purchases. The, the logging platform, uh, once fully mature, uh, according at least according to the plans of the CPC, uh, is, is 100 times more damaging potentially to not just U.S. national and economic security interests, but really to anybody in the world that the CPC has decided that it is an enemy or adversary. So 100 times more damaging. How so? With Log Inc., it would be as if uh, TikTok, you know, famously takes control of everything on your phone or has integrations to everything on your phone as an app. Log Inc. is that except for the supply chain of every single company uh, at port, airport that integrates on that system. It, it fundamentally uh, becomes a data architecture that has eyes and visibility to every single business transaction, shipping transaction, uh, or supply chain milestone within any given company or, or service provider that's utilizing the system. So then why is this data valuable? The reason the data is important is, is is just in the same way I would perform analysis on a given company uh, or in a given situation by looking at the data and saying, what does this reveal, not only about how the company operates, but who its partners are, what bills it pays, what types of things are they buying, what types of things are they selling, all of that information is the most valuable economic information in the world because you can't hide from it. The, oper you know, the operations of a company that are integrated on logging are completely exposed to the Communist Party of China, and then they get chunked through algorithms and overlaid. And from that, the CPC has the ability to build a map of the entire global commercial network. Uh, it's quite pervasive, but it is, it is the roadmap to economic dominance that Xi Jinping intends to use, not only for Made in China 2025, but also for the longer-term plans of 2035, 2049, uh, and beyond. Can you just go a little deeper? Like, explain it to very simple terms. What What is the CCP's endgame with this? Well, the end game fundamentally is to know every single thing about the global economy and to be able to, at any time, be able to disrupt uh, or replace any node in that chain. I can give two very simple examples. Example number one is if the Chinese Communist Party is aware of a specific item that's being sold to the U.S. military from another country, and they have that visibility because of logging integration to all the various platforms, they would then be able to, no matter how secret the transaction may be, they would then be able to not only have visibility to who's buying and selling, but then be able to actually penetrate and target the systems, the data systems of those companies through logging integrations and software programs, and be able to actually commit industrial espionage against those companies and prevent them from being able to do business or steal data and other, you know, in other ways um, of doing that. The second thing is, is logging will actually have the ability by having access to the data records to to actual cause physical disruption in the real world as cargo moves off a ship and into a port, being able to pull one bill of lading number out, one container number out, switch it around for another. If China wanted to cause chaos in the U.S., 
or in another country, being able to actually manipulate and change port data, what the containers are, what the ships are, et cetera, would cause immense, uh, immense physical real-world harm and economic harm to those countries. So essentially, China could potentially use Log Inc. as a weapon of warfare. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is 100% why uh, that Log Inc. is specifically subordinate to the national intelligence law that China passed in 2017. Uh, it's subordinate to the national security laws that were passed uh, in the wake of the Hong Kong issues and, and hereafter. Uh, the, the idea of Log Inc. is that it is a data pillar uh, a tool of espionage and a, a tool of mass economic control and destruction for the world. All right. Thank you very much for your insight. Ross, pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you, Don. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow. The greatest threat facing the United States is the CCP. The Epic Times investigation team had studied the CCP for years, but what we uncovered was yielding evidence beyond our imagination. With Chairman Mao, with the Prime Minister, our talks have been characterized by frankness. The Clinton administration said, oh, don't worry about it. This will be a poison pill for China. China's strategic goal is to make sure that the U.S. has four enemies, and one of them must be a terrorist group. We are giving of our life's blood so that the Chinese Communist Party can survive and thrive.